Hi, this is Ben Lowell, and this is Back to the Bible Canada with Dr. John Newfeld. Well, we continue our series, The Triumph of the Lamb, Volume 4 today, with a message entitled, The Desolation of Babylon. So turning your Bibles to Revelation chapter 18, verses 1 to 8, as we join Dr. Newfeld now. Some things in this world seem so strong and enduring that that many of us can't imagine they would ever collapse into ruin. I used to think that about the pyramids in Egypt until I actually visited them. I know they will last for a thousand years yet, and yet as I walked up to the Great Pyramid of Giza, I, I was astonished at how worn those stones were. Be it ever so slowly, the day will come when there will be only sand where that great structure once stood. On the odd occasion, I've tried to carry out an exercise that I believe helps me gain perspective. I like to get into my car and drive through my city and then say of everything that I see, including the office towers and the bridges and the houses, the trees, look, I say, all of that will be gone one day without a single trace that it ever existed. See, I do this because I think it helps me from falling in love with anything of this world. I want as much as I can to gain a perspective that only God is eternal. Everything else is transitory. And so if it should come to be that I lose everything of this earth, I want to be able to say, well, I simply lost it earlier than I expected, but I'm not surprised that I lost it. I was going to lose it. I know that. Now, this perspective is especially essential when we think of human civilizations. Some of us can't imagine a world in which America is not the most powerful nation on earth. But you lack imagination. See, I promise you that the day will come when the idea of America is forever lost. It was once said that the sun did not sit on the British Empire. So global was its impact. It was once thought that Rome was the eternal city and that her empire would last forever. A lot of things have been said. We've come to the last section of our study of Revelation, a section that I've called the end and the beginning. But before we talk about the beginning, let's talk about the end. Today, we'll be studying Revelation 18, 1 to 8. But before we get into the details, and I'll read our passage shortly, I want you to notice that John speaks about a future event and indicates that this event will happen. Babylon, he says, will be destroyed. So for our purposes, then, it's important to understand what Babylon is. Let me suggest two very popular interpretations. One is that Babylon simply stands for Rome. I mean, after all, the great persecution against believers came from the seemingly all-powerful Roman Empire. You know, in the past, I've given arguments against this conclusion. I'm not going to repeat them here, but suffice it to say that John is interested in something much more significant than the collapse of one of the great civilizations in history. Although in many ways, Rome embodies the spirit of Babylon, the finality of the language in Revelation 18 suggests the end of the city of man, that is, the end of all things. As significant as the collapse of Rome was, the death of the Roman Empire was not the death of this age. Now, a second error is to call Babylon simply a metaphor for the city of man, the human experiment of building a a great civilization which has no need for God or for his mercy and grace. As was said by one atheistic philosopher, you know, in the past when a plague struck a city, we crowded the cathedrals and called out to God for mercy. 
But today, we simply open the manhole covers and repair the sewers and save the city from disease. We, we don't need God, he said. So in this sense, Babylon is simply a metaphor for every world empire that wants to obtain supremacy without God. Babylon is the city of man. Now, as plausible as that explanation sounds, I think it's also not entirely what John has in mind. Let's do a little history lesson. The first reference to Babylon is found in Genesis 11, the famous account of the building of the Tower of Babel. There God says, and here I'm quoting Genesis 11 verse 6, and nothing they propose to do will now be impossible for them. That is, Babylon is the city that wanted to demonstrate that it doesn't take faith in God to build a great civilization. And apparently, I guess from one perspective, I suppose that's right. Great civilizations have sometimes been built by overwhelmingly evil people, and I argue that that is Rome. But of course, when we think of Babylon's place in the Bible, we think about the Babylonian destruction of Jerusalem in 586 BC. Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations as a, as a poem of weeping over the savage and cruel destruction of the city of God by the heartless empire of Babylon. And in that sense, Babylon becomes a symbol not only for the civilization that rejects God's kingdom, but as the savage persecutor of God's people. And in some sense, we can see that the early church must have encountered the persecution that came from Rome exactly like that. They were like Israel before the mighty power of Babylon. But as we've read through Revelation, we've seen that at some time in history, the city of man's evil will finally culminate into one city, the city of Antichrist himself. That is, at the end of the age, the entire spirit of Babylon will become the end-time city of Antichrist. This will be the most godless city in human history. Wherever the Antichrist establishes his capital city, this city will be the ultimate Babylon. And this Babylon, this, this city of Antichrist, will seem far more enduring than any other civilization in human history. This city will demonstrate both the potential of man, and it will also seem to be the most enduring civilization in history. Or, or to put it another way, Babylon in the book of Revelation is the final manifestation of the total history of godless nations. This will be the greatest godless nation in history, and this will be the most powerful civilization the earth has ever seen. It will seem so powerful, it will almost seem unimaginable that such a civilization will ever cease to exist. And with this in mind, let's now read our passage. I'm, I'm reading Revelation 18, 1 to 3. It says, After this I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with his glory. And he called out with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt of every unclean spirit, a haunt of every unclean bird, a haunt of every unclean and detestable beast. For all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. So let's start with the beginning. After this, says John, so after what? Well, in Revelation 17, John is shown a vision of Babylon, and there she's depicted as a woman dressed in purple and scarlet, and she's covered by very expensive jewelry. In her hand is a golden cup filled with the abominations of her sexual immorality, and furthermore, on her head is written the words, 
Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and of the earth's abominations. And furthermore, as one looks at this horrifying woman, one sees that she's drunk, but not with alcohol. She's drunk on the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. It's a, it's a horrifying image, a horrifying empire, one that utterly defeats the church of Jesus Christ, and it leaves the people of God with multitudes of dead, multitudes of martyrs, and her institutional structure is now in utter ruin. But after that, John says, I saw another angel. Now, this angel, whoever he is, John doesn't say. I mean, suffice it to say this is a different angel from one of those that John has already mentioned before in the book of Revelation. But this angel is significant. John says that this angel comes down from heaven and makes the earth bright with his glory. And here one is reminded of Ezekiel 43, verse 2, where where Ezekiel says that the glory of God was coming from the east over the temple of God. And then Ezekiel says, and the earth shone with his glory. Now, the angel in Revelation 18 is not God coming. It's, It's rather an angel. But this angel is making the earth shine with God's glory. So remember, the angels serve as God's army, and this angel must be a mighty general who comes directly out of God's presence or out from under his throne room. This is a commander of the Lord's troops, and he comes with an assignment. And the assignment he bears is so overwhelming that he magnifies the presence of God and the earth shines with the glory of God. Well, what's the angel's assignment? Well, his assignment is simple. He announces that Babylon has fallen. Can you imagine in the First Testament, God's people wondering if their captivity in Babylon will ever end, and then hearing a messenger, Babylon has just fallen to the armies of Cyrus, the great king of Persia. Amazing, impossible news. Well, that's exactly what will happen at the end of the Great Tribulation. Church of Jesus, now decimated by the butchery of a great number of her leaders and her faithful people, a church that can't meet together anymore because it has been defeated. And then comes the news. Babylon has fallen. Babylon has fallen. Babylon has fallen. Suddenly God's people are free. It may sound early to be planning for a winter retreat in 2020, but now is the time to make sure your spot is guaranteed for the 2020 Back to the Bible Canada and Laugh Again Southern Caribbean Cruise. Join us February 7th to 16th, 2020 for nine nights aboard Royal Caribbean's Explorer of the Seas, visiting Aruba, Curaçao, Bonaire, and more. Not only will you enjoy the beauty of the Caribbean, but throughout the trip you'll be enriched and challenged by the insightful Bible teaching of Dr. John Newfeld, experience laughs and encouragement with Laugh Again's own Phil Calloway, and enjoy special inspirational music, all while being hosted by our ministry team. So register now or find out more by visiting backtothebible.ca or call us at 1-800-663-2425. Now don't delay, we're looking forward to seeing you on board. A number of years ago, I was in Romania and I happened to be there shortly after the communist dictator Nicolae Ceausescu had been executed by his own army. 
group of Baptist Christians told me that shortly before that, they had taken the initiative to write the dictator and they demanded an end to the persecution of the church. And after the letter was sent, they waited, but they were afraid. If history had told them anything, it was this. Ceausescu would most likely respond badly and suffering would result. But then came the news. Ceausescu has just been shot by his own army. Oh, the amazing news. Ceausescu has fallen. And that's exactly what Revelation is describing. At the end of the age, the invincible city of Babylon will fall. But the angel that announces the fall of Babylon is not done. Babylon, says the angel, has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. We notice how often things are repeated multiple times. And, and here's but one example. Demons, unclean spirits, unclean birds, detestable beasts. That is to say, the matter of just how unclean Babylon is just can't be overstated. It is evil to the last drop. And more so, the angel then describes three different groups of people that became evil with their association with Babylon. Notice the three different groups. First, we're told that the nations of the earth became drunk with her immorality. That is to say, Babylon's culture and her morality changed the entire course of nations or the entire course of the earth. I mean, think of it this way. You can't go anywhere in the earth these days without finding, you know, American products, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, American clothing, even people wanting to learn English. I mean, the impact of America on the present globe is, is profound. I mean, it's not necessarily bad. I, I just simply use it as an illustration to show how profoundly one country can affect the entire globe. Now think about the end time civilization of the Antichrist the products of that city or the things that are purchased to the, the values that are adopted, to the idols that they build, to the gods they worship, all come from Babylon. That's a profound impact. Now, the second group that the angel mentions are the kings of the earth. And we think of the world's political leaders all expressing solidarity with Babylon. And why? Because if the world's leaders want to exercise any authority in their own countries, they will have to show loyalty to Babylon. Such will be the power of that city. And then the final group the angel mentions are the merchants of the earth. Do you want to prosper in the future? Well, then attach yourself to Babylon because, well, that's where the money flows. And then suddenly the announcement is made. That which you counted on has fallen. It seems almost unimaginable to people. So let's continue to read. As John says, he hears another voice from heaven. So I'm reading Revelation 18, 4 and 5. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues, for her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. So I want you to notice the contrast. The nations of the world and the kings of the world and the merchants of the world have plunged headlong into greater involvement with the enduring city, with a city that was in their minds on the side of history. You know, in contrast, God's people are to do the opposite. Instead of plunging headlong into involvement with Babylon, they're to flee, they are to come out of her. Now, again, as always, the, the language of Revelation mirrors the language of the First Testament. Listen to Jeremiah 51, verse 44. It says, And I will punish Bel in Babylon and take out of his mouth what he has swallowed. The nations shall no longer flow to him. The wall of Babylon has fallen. And then the next verse, Jeremiah 51, verse 45. Go out of the midst of her, my people, 
Let everyone save his life from the fierce anger of the Lord. That is, don't run to Babylon. The city is not an enduring city at all. The city is just like living in Pompeii before the volcano. Get out as fast as you can. Now, that theme is carried on in the New Testament. So listen to Paul's words to the Corinthian believers. They're recorded in 2 Corinthians 6, verses 14 to 16. Paul says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? Now, I suspect that Revelation 18 demands that in the last days, any believer living in Babylon is called to physically get out of town and do so fast. Don't say, well, if I stay a little longer, there's still some money to be made here. No, no, get out of town as fast as you can. But this command also has a spiritual application to Christians at any time and anywhere. Don't you dare identify with the sins of this world, even though by doing so, there's a financial and political advantage for you. See, I noticed that our passage mentions two reasons for fleeing Babylon. The first is found in verses 4 and 5, and the second is mentioned in verses 6 and 7. I'm going to read that in just a moment. But in verses 4 and 5, it tells us that Babylon's sins are heaped as high as heaven, and that God remembers. Listen, God never forgets any sins. All sins that are not renounced and not placed under the blood of Jesus will eventually come up in the day of judgment. So according to verses 4 and 5, you don't want to share in her plagues. You don't want to be there when God visits his judgment on that city. That city is like an ancient plague ship. There is disease on board, and if you remain there, the disease will come to you. It's a lesson for all of us who struggle with attraction to this world. Why do you want a first-class ticket on the Titanic? It's a doomed ship, and it's not just doomed. It's, It's doomed by God, who's patiently bringing this city to the day of judgment. And so if you give yourself to the morality of this city or to the idolatry of this city, you will die with this city. And why do you want to die? Now, the second reason for fleeing the city is found in Revelation 18, 6 and 7. Pay her back as she herself has paid back others and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed as she glorified herself and lived in luxury, so give her a like measure of torment and mourning, since in her heart she says, I sit as a queen, I am no widow, and mourning I shall never see. You see the second reason for fleeing Babylon. One day the world will be turned upside down. The first will be last, and the last will be first. Let me explain it using several images. Have you heard the expression, the emperor has no clothes? comes from a story in which a foolish emperor was convinced that he was buying these secret invisible clothes that everyone else could see. Now, of course, he was really naked and he had been conned. And now he was shown to be the the foolish man that he was. See, Babylon isn't supported by the eternal God. That's why she failed. She has no clothes. Another image is that of the expression of buying a, a pig in a poke. It means that a buyer buys something without knowing the true value of something. Here's a little secret. When you buy into the values and morals and idols of Babylon, you're buying a pig in a poke. What's it really worth? You're telling yourself, you know, I now sit as a queen, not knowing that according to to verse 7, 
that the torment you will receive will be equivalent to the luxury you're now receiving. You're buying not just something that's worthless, you're buying something which will result in your eternal torment. And that's the delusion of Babylon. Babylon is not an enduring city. It is a great weight that will drag you to the bottom. Every evil she has done is waiting to be repaid. Now, in Revelation 18, verse 8, we read, For this reason her plagues will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire, for mighty is the Lord who has judged her. There are a number of times in verses 1 to 8, things have been put in groupings of three. Verse 2 spoke of demons and evil spirits and unclean birds. And then verse 3 spoke of nations and kings and merchants. And here the plagues that come against Babylon are also put into a grouping of three. Death, mourning, and famine. Death refers to the final judgment. Mourning speaks of the weeping that comes from that which is lost. And famine refers to going without. Future of Babylon is horrible. One day the angels will announce the fall of the most significant civilization in human history, a civilization that is so evil it will be a haunt of demons. And God's word is simple. Know what's enduring and attach yourself to that. Know what's condemned before the throne of God and flee from that. It's not only a message for the end of the age, it's a message for every single generation of believers. Thanks so much, John. A great message today. You know, I was going to ask you if you could give us some modern-day examples of cities that might be Babylon today, but I didn't want to get people upset with us that we might name their city. So give me an idea of the sort of the spirit, the modern-day spirit of Babylon that we might see today. You know, I, I know that, I mean, this is an old, old Christian document. It was written by Augustine. It was called City of God. And Augustine uh, puts two cities up against each other, the city of man and the city of God. And he says that the city of man is characterized by a love of self and a hatred of God. And the city of God is characterized by a willingness to despise oneself and to cling to God. Um, I think wherever we find the spirit of man, that is the supremacy of man, uh, the arrogance of man, the assurance that we can, by our own bootstraps, accomplish anything without God. Wherever God is shoved to the side bin, that's where Babylon is found. I think that's what Revelation is trying to teach us, is that spirit has always been alive in the world, and eventually the Antichrist will capture it and make it one great city. Thanks so much, John. Remember to join us again tomorrow right here on Back to the Bible Canada, where we teach the Bible. Revelation 18 to 22 is the passage of Revelation that I will focus on in my fourth and final volume of my series, The Triumph of the Lamb, which chronicles the end of the present age and the creation of a new age in which sin and death and sorrow and evil are forever vanquished. Step away from the uncertainty of life and allow the book of Revelation to present a message of certain hope like no other. As this is the final volume of this series, we want to make it available to you on CD for only $19 or the entire four-volume series for only $75. Either choice includes shipping and taxes. 
And remember, the entire series can also be heard online at backtothebible.ca or by downloading or subscribing to our Back to the Bible Canada mobile app or podcast. To receive your CD series or offer a gift to support this ministry, call 1-800-663-2425 or visit backtothebible.ca.